using as a mask, I guess you can say in most, in some parts, religion is kind of a mask for morals and feelings and emotions or whatever. Same with spirituality, but the absence of, I just, I don't know why. And maybe it's because, you know, I fear, I have fear of that, whatever higher power is at work. It's just, it's like, if I just give up complete and total control to the fact that it's, it's just random chaos. I don't, like you said, there's just way too much things that happen in our lifetime and to us around us where you just go, this is just utter random coincidence or something. There's just how many times are we have supposed to died and people were supposed to, right. it, it's like, it doesn't make any sense. But on the flip side of that though, how many good people that don't deserve what they get, you know, have something terrible happen to them. I mean, what's, you know, what's the explanation for a three-year-old getting cancer, you know, and dying? What did they do to deserve that? What did, what, and, but yet you have somebody who is a drug addict ODing four times and is a piece of shit and still gets to live and has a happy, fulfilled life, goes on, gets clean, you know, this, that, and the other. So what's the, there's no justification for that. So that was kind of an example of what really brought me to atheism was that type of example and then there's other things but ultimately that goes into the same vein of you know god works in serious ways and i don't think that we Welcome back to yet another episode of Real Conversations with Cozy and Murph. I am JD Kozad, one half of the Cozy and Murph podcast. I'm here with my uber talented co-host, Cody Murphy. What's up? Today we will be doing something a little bit different. We're going to attempt to go as far in depth as we can on religion and spirituality, the state of our world and how it's not only just cultivated society and culture, but curated us as individuals and the impact that it's having in today's world and what the impact it will be if it continues the way it is. I really do believe that this is going to be a super super interesting episode for everybody to listen to. Um, yeah, I just want to preface this with before, you know, we start getting into this, nothing that I say or JD says is meant to offend anybody or put anybody off. This is just a kind of a stream of consciousness. Like we're just trying to, to express ourselves and kind of give our personal anecdote of, religion and how it's impacted our lives and kind of how we, our mindset when it comes to religion, spirituality, and that type of thing. I think it's safe to say people who do, well, I almost said religiously listen to us. That was a nice nice little pun. (laughs) Uh, The people who do listen to us understand, I think for the most part that it's really just expressed opinions at this point. And, I don't even know if they give a shit about our opinions, but if they want to get mad at us and tell their friends that they're mad at us, maybe their friends will listen. So, um, be mad at us. 
Yeah, maybe this will get some more some more listens in for us. And if you are mad at us, I have an option for you. It is better help. Are you looking for a convenient and affordable way to get professional mental health support? <laughs> trying to, <laughs> like trying try to throw an ad read in there. <laughs> trying to throw an ad read in there. Soon, soon, guys, we will be getting some ads. So, you know, uh, you can just feel free to skip through them, but it's going to help us out in the long run. Maybe, maybe make a little scratch off of it. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But it, like you said, it will be something that we kind of uh, delve into working down the line. Um, any major podcast that you listen to, you're going to have, you know, your ad read every 10 minutes, probably 15 minutes or even more so less than that. So, and if we're doing it, that means we're, we're fucking trying. <laughs> if anything, we're, we're still trying. So, All right. So, uh, JD, why don't you just give us a little background on your childhood growing up and uh, your relationship with religion and kind of how you your beliefs growing up? Like, how were you raised? I have, I guess you can say, extensive developed relationship with religion, at least. Um and not saying that it's a healthy relationship, but it is a relationship. Um, when I was younger, very young, um, there was very much so that we would go to church on Sundays regardless of anything. But it wasn't church like the big uppity, you know, big time church. It was my grandpa. He was a pastor. And he would run a church, and it would be location to location. Sometimes, you know, moving from wherever building that he could find a way to fit in 15, 20 people into a spot called a church. But it was church for us. And I grew up under the den- denomination of apostolic, which I don't know how much you know about the I guess the diversity of Christianity, but it's the people that speak in tongues and, you know, they're very out outspoken and get the Holy spirit and take over type. Yeah. We have a few uh, apostolic churches here in Ohio County where I live, but um, I'm not super familiar with, with that denomination. I, I was a general Baptist growing up. So yeah. And like I don't know too much about. Are they the one that wears makes the women wear skirts? Yeah, the, so or is that something? They all wear the like the you see them all the jean skirts. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, the jean skirts and um, the men wear pants for the most part. Um, that was very much the religion that I grew up knowing. Uh, and as a young kid, you, it's almost like you go to school, whole different world. You go on to town whole different world you go to a church and it's you know a whole nother world and sometimes it was almost a shock to see some of the things that would go on in the church because it just seemed like if i acted like that in public you'd be committed to crazy yeah but i'm not saying anything 
like like we said earlier, we're not saying anything against them. This is my perspective as a child. Um, you grow up in that, and you kind of, if you're not with it, it turns you away from it really quickly. And it came to a point where, you know, my dad turned into a pastor. He started preaching in the churches. My grandpa was still trying to do his thing for as long as he could. But me, myself, I ended up staying. I wanted to stay home. I was telling my mom, like, look, I'm not I'm not really trying to go to church. The way I saw church as a teenager once I started growing up was like, if I need to talk to God or praise God, I can do it from the house. You know, I can I can do everything I do at the church at the house. And it kind of pushed me away from the idea of church and religion and almost brought me to where I thought it was like, this is almost like a cult. Like you're either in and they're super judgmental. It's kind Yeah, of- it's like it's I think a lot of people our age, especially on our generation growing up, I think a lot of us have gone through that type of uh transition or or I don't know what you'd call it, but where it was kind of forced on us, like, hey, you have to go to church. Like you're gonna go to church regardless of, you know, rain, rain, shine, sick, healthy, don't matter. Like you're going to church. That's just what good Christian people do. And in order to go to heaven, we have to go to church. We have to worship. We have to be in the house of the Lord, you know, yada, yada. And so I think that kind of soured a lot of us on the idea and the tradition of going to church because it was forced. It wasn't like, hey, you can go if you want to. It's you're going no matter what. And I kind of think it's that just goes against human nature. If you're forced to do something, you're just going to rebel against it rather than f- finding your way to it, you know, and actually wanting to learn and wanting to have that. And it doesn't, and it's not the same effect for everybody. For some people, it, they, you know, it makes them have a stronger relationship with, with God or, you know, Jesus, but. For a lot of people, like, especially what you were saying, I was the same way. Like we, I was told I had to go to church. And so that made me not want to go to church. Yeah. It created a very, I guess, toxic relationship for me and the God that I understood for a real long time. And it's come around, you know, I'm at a point now where, which we'll talk about later in the episode, but I've, I'm at peace with an understanding and which I would like to hear, you know, your background, your come up on what, what was, you know, Midwest Kentucky, Western Kentucky bring up from for you. Yeah. So uh, growing up, we, like I said, we were general Baptist. Um, We went to church every Sunday, Wednesday, you know, we had homecoming, we had um, revival, you know, all the traditional kind of Southern Baptist type miles or hit markers for, <clears throat> you know, that type of religion. But, you know, in the community that I grew up in, we were mostly, you know, Southern Baptist, but we did have our ap- apolistic or how, how do you say it? Apolistic? Apostolic. Apostolic. Yeah. Apostolic. You did have 
Catholics. We have very, a few Catholics here in Ohio County, but I mean, in Owensboro, the, there's a lot of Catholic people in Bowling Green. So there's different pockets of denominations here and there, but mostly I grew up, you know, go to church every Sunday, read your Bible. We were very tight knit church too. So pretty much every, I went to a church of about 50 to 70 people consistently. Sometimes, you know, on Easter, we would have a hundred, 150 people on Christmas. We'd have bigger numbers, but for the most part, it was relatively small, 50 people. And 85% of the people that went to our church, we were all related. So we all knew each other. We all went to family gatherings. We were all cousins in some way, second, third, fourth, you know, whatever. And so, I mean, I had a real sense of community as far as that goes. And it wasn't, like I said, I mean, I enjoyed going to church. I learned all the, I went to Bible school you know, I went, I learned all the Bible stories. I, I learned a lot about the Bible, a lot about Jesus, a lot about the religion, Christian religion. And, you know, I, I am grateful that I do have, I did have that foundation because I, there's a lot of, um, good morals and values that I've, that I gained throughout my years going to church there. And, you know, I, without that, <clears throat> I mean, I probably would have turned out a little bit different. I don't, I mean, that's a, that's a big debate right there. You know, do you have to have, is religion necessary to be a upstanding moral person? And that's something that we can dive into later. But yeah, so I mean, pretty much from the time I was, you know, two, three years old, all the way up until I was 17, 18, I was going to church and I really bought into it, you know, like whenever I was 12, 13, 14, I got baptized and, you know, I was full, you know, full force Christian Jesus, you know, Jesus worshiper, loved it. Uh, I bought into it, hook, line and sinker, went to church camp every summer, you know. Um, but then around the time, I guess this happens for a lot of people, but around the time that I went to college, well, really, it was really my senior year of high school. And then after I got out to college, really Murray State, that's when I started kind of getting away from religion. <laughs> because I did, I ended up going to Lindsey Wilson and that was a, I said that's a Methodist school, I think. Yeah. Private school. And so we had to take a religion class there and pretty much everybody there, you know, every Sunday they held a, a service there in the big hall. Can't remember the name of it, but and so everybody on campus would go. There was just a few people that didn't go, and I was one of the few people that just stopped going just because I don't know I, I, something in my heart changed, and you know whether it was good or bad or indifferent, I just lost the passion to to worship, I guess. Yeah, and a lot of it was because I was starting to see a lot of fake Christians out there, a lot of people who were racist, were ignorant, were sexist, were cherry pickers who just picked out the things that were convenient for them to follow, but, you know, ignored everything else. And so that kind of soured me as far as, as far as like the, my view of the importance of worshiping and going to church and being religious 
And I think we all have this kind of revolution within ourselves once we get away from our hometown and get into a, an environment where we don't have that, um, that support system or that, that feed loop of, you know, you hear the same things. Eventually you're going to, you're going to start believing the, the same as what you're hearing. So I'll get the, out to Murray State. I start seeing some other religions like Islam. I started seeing Buddhist. I started, you know, cause there was foreign exchange students all over Murray State. So I started learning a little bit more about their religions. And I started really, that's when I started really looking at atheism and the belief that there is no God. There's nothing. There's nothing happens after you die. But yeah, I mean, I just, I, I kind of got caught in that echo chamber. And, uh, I guess my mind just oh, was just a total open book for new things. I was willing to try new things, try to get out of my comfort zone. And for some reason, I, I was just, I just gravitated to the, to that belief that, you know, cause my whole life I was told that in order to go to heaven, cause that was the ultimate goal of life is you be a good person and go to heaven that you had to adhere to these principles. And then I get to college and I'm told that, Hey, all, all that, that you're, that you were taught was basically nonsense. You know, you, you can think for yourself. You don't have to be told what to think. And so I took a journey on, on the atheism for a while. And then uh, I started making my, I, just some, you know, life happens and I don't know, like there's some things happen in your life and, and it's hard to deny that there's something higher, higher, looking out, out for you in some way but that's my little spiel kind of how where i'm at atheism to me was the one thing that like i couldn't see myself like i don't know i don't know the right phrasing here but i'm gonna say falling for using as a mask i guess you can say in most in some parts religion is kind of a mask for morals and feelings and emotions or whatever same with spirituality but the absence of, I just, I don't know why, and maybe it's because, you know, I fear, I have fear of that whatever higher power is at, at work. It's just, it's like if I just give up complete and total control to the fact that it's, it's just ran, random chaos. I don't, like you said, there's just way too much things that happen in our lifetime and to us, around us, where you just go, this is just utter random coincidence or something. There's just, you know, how many times are we have supposed to die and people were supposed to right. die? It, it's like it doesn't make any sense. But on the flip side of that, though, how many good people that don't deserve what they get, you know, have something terrible happen to them? I mean, what's, you know, what's the explanation for a three-year-old getting cancer, you know, and dying? What did they do to deserve that? What did, what, and, but yet you have somebody who is a drug addict ODing four times yeah. and is a piece of shit and still gets to live and has a happy, fulfilled life, goes on, gets clean, you know, this, that, and the other. So what's the, there's no justification for that. So that was kind of an example of what really brought me to atheism was 
that type of example. And then there's other things, but ultimately that goes into the same vein of, you know, God works in serious ways. And I don't think that we were meant to. I think, you know, like you said, the, the three-year-old that get cancer, I don't know. Like, obviously you're not supposed to understand it. And I think you were saying that before we came on, you know, it's not for us to understand, but I think everything has a purpose or, you know, there's a reasoning behind why we're here. And if what such and such fulfills their purpose, they don't even have to realize that their purpose has been fulfilled. You know, their time could come unsuspectingly. Right. And it was like we were talking before the podcast, like we're God I do. Let me go ahead and say that I I do believe that there is a God. I do believe that there's a higher power. I do believe that we don't control. We hardly have any control over what happens to us. Let me go ahead and say that, get that out of the way. But we our tiny human minds are so far down the hierarchy of like, you know, um, ascension or, or consciousness, let's say that we don't, we don't have the capacity to even begin to understand the way in which God works. Yeah. And so we are not meant to understand why the, uh, the kid gets cancer and dies while you have some piece of shit pedophile live for 90 years, you know, like we're not meant to understand that. That's not our place. We kind of just have to accept it, accept that, God has a purpose and all for our lives and that we have to do whatever we can to fulfill that purpose. Now, I don't think necessarily you have to, to be religious in order to, to fulfill that purpose or find that purpose. I think that you just, it's like they say in the groups and the AA groups is you just have to have an agreement with the, the higher power as, as you understand it. Yeah. That this is what my life means. This is what I, a purpose that I think that I can fulfill in a in a meaningful way, and just roll with it because eventually, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. You know, yeah. you don't have control over it. Yeah. Let me state that I guess where I kind of sit at this moment in my life with religion and spirituality. I am, I'm very much so a person who goes out and likes to get information so I can, you know, kind of come to an idea of how I feel about things. And at least over the last, I'd say year or so, um, I've had a more pull towards these, it's, you know, on the past episodes where I talked about like the collective consciousness, like we, this isn't our only lifetime, you know, we're all kind of, it's, it's so far out there to some people that this is going to go over their heads and I'm not trying to sit here and be like, Oh, I'm so woke, bro. No, but it's like, even in religion, they say, you know, we all, we all come from the start is, or even in Christianity at least, because I don't know very much about the other religions. I've tried, I try to understand them. Um, I guess it's part of growing up, you know, in 
a, a white person in America and small town is like, you, you know what the small town offers you. But the idea that we are all connected in some way, shape or form and sharing this, sharing this universe together, I, it pulls me to believe that when our time comes, it's, it's not the end. And there's another, maybe even past li- or next life that works its way out or all of the stuff that we learned in this life carries over into a greater divine being intervention type of understanding. And it's, it seems so hard for me to put words on. Uh, but in my head, it makes perfect sense. And maybe that's because, I, you know, I'm not at the level of understanding that I want to speak on it. And maybe I got to do a little bit better about. Kind of meditate. Yeah, <laughs> meditate. And that's another thing. I'm, I'm big on the, you know, meditate, the affirmations, you know, putting out into this world what you want and, you know, truly believing in it. And things do happen, which to me is amazing and makes me feel like, and this is going to sound narcissistic as fuck when I say this, but maybe we are gods in our right self. Well, I think that we definitely have a piece of, I think we all are part of the cosmos. You know what I'm saying? Like we're all like, I definitely agree with the, with the shared consciousness. Like that's why, and the human nature is to me, that's proof of it. So we all, we all have um, similar wants and needs. Yeah. We all have same, similar experiences. We don't all have the exact same experience, obviously. But, you know, we all feel sadness. We all feel grief. We all feel joy. We all feel, you know, that's just basic human. And to me, the fact that we share, we can share these experiences with each other is proof enough for me that, hey, we are all part of the same spirit. Yeah. so to speak, that, that there is something that connects us all. That's why, I mean, <laughs> I hate to go back to sports, but like, that's why there's chemistry in sports. Yeah. Like you get a group of people together that can feed off each other and they might not be the most talented. You might, there might be 10 other talented teams, more talented teams out there, but the team with the best chemistry wins more because they are connected. They are, they, they work well together. They feed off each other. The weaknesses of one complements the strengths of another, you know? So it's, and to go along with what you said about life after death, um, I I do believe that we get, um, that we do, I'm not necessarily reincarnation per se, maybe, but I do believe that your spirit goes back to the, to the large cosmos and maybe, part of you goes like it wipes the slate clean kind of. And that's why you can't remember your past lives. Yeah. But you know, there are those cases throughout history where of reincarnation where, where little kids are able to recall things that they couldn't possibly have known because maybe their grandpa or their uncle or somebody died, you know, 80 years ago. And they still can have pull up certain memories of things that they couldn't have had any idea of. Those those cases really 
those really pull me in the details of those those kind of scenarios it's like yes. man, man it's like i part of me wants to think that you know when you die this your soul or whatever goes back to like you said that larger cosmos and it's it's collecting these emotions feelings experiences for the larger meaning and maybe that's the the god that we don't understand is it, we're all put here to so that every experience and emotion and understanding of every scenario is playing back to the greatness of whatever you know we with a picture that we can't see that's being painted well i was listening to you know flipping through facebook reels and this one came up is what's the difference between I think it was being religious and having spirituality and the way the guy broke it down. And this is not like verbatim. This is not quote, you know, don't quote me on this, but kind of the gist of it was think of God as the ocean. Okay. It's vast and deep and we don't hardly understand any of it. And then think of your spirit as like a swimming pool. So like you can know how deep it is, you know, you can swim around it, you can find out more thing, more information about it. Like you can search it. Right. And then you think of your soul as as just a cup of water. You know, you drink from a cup of water, you know, your soul, you can, you know, it's very, very small in comparison to all the other, to the other steps. So basically once you die, your soul goes back to your spirit, your spirit goes back to the ocean. Your cup goes back to the pool. The pool goes back to the ocean. Yeah. Your spirit, your soul goes to your spirit. The spirit goes back to God. And then you're all convened in one location. And I mean, that was just a really good way to, at least in my opinion, to break it down in kind of a, a simple way of understanding it. Yeah. Which pulls me into a direction that I don't want to leave out of this episode is that in Christianity, you're taught, you know, there's three bodies of Christ. It's you know, God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. It's like the Spirit. Um, the Spirit, the Son, and the, and the Holy, Holy Ghost. Yeah. And that, to me, is uh, all connected into every belief that is out there. Kind of like you've got your Spirit, you got your soul which might be the holy ghost and the son might just be you in flesh walking the earth as it is and you know i pray sometimes and it's it's not as often maybe as it should be but if it does come down to i come face to face with god and he goes, you know, Christianity was it the whole time. I hope he looks at me and goes, well, I'm thankful that you didn't just take it for at face value. And you decided to explore the world that was given to you and explore your emotions and feelings. And you were still, even with that uh, good human with, with moral values and, you know, every, every person walks this earth sins and, you, you know, you, you still used what was given to you and you just decided 
Like you're going to investigate further because it's the, I think it's at least that you're right as a well, human. Well, he gives us free will. Yeah. God gives us free will. So it's your I mean, right. Yeah. He wants us to question. He wants us to, or he, I say he, but I mean, that's just, you know, that's just the, the, the verbiage that was used whenever yeah. I was growing up. I don't think, I mean, God's genderless. I don't think it's a man or a woman or, or whatever. You know, I think that. It, God is so far beyond anything like that that yeah. it, it doesn't matter. But just for all intents and purposes, if I say he, just mean that, you know, I don't mean anything by it. I don't think God is a man. Yeah. I do believe if Jesus did walk the earth, he was a man. But God, the creator, whatever the creator may be, is genderless, unidentifiable. It's Maybe. It comes in all shapes and sizes and forms. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you meet God, he probably puts himself in a form that wouldn't, you know, come to scare, frighten, or, you know, be something that I feel like. Depends on the context, because yeah. when, in the Bible, a lot is, you know, like he he is scary. Yeah. Just put the fear of God in, in you. You know, that's yeah. where the saying comes from. Yeah. And. I had the fear of God for a long time because my grandfather and my father are both God fearing people. And I think that's why they're very firm Christians in their beliefs. Like they're, they understand if they don't walk with God, then they're struck down by God. And if you walk with God, then you're uplifted by God or given by God. And I don't know. It's just sometimes I just, I got, like I was a, a pointing to earlier is, you know, I'm going to take this opportunity of free will in this life to not take anything at face value. I'm going to dive deeper into subjects and ideas and because why would those ideas be allotted to individuals if we couldn't have them? I, I just don't know. Like, like you, like we said earlier, it's like, we are never going to understand as much as we try to put thoughts together on this, but it's a great discussion topic. And if anybody that does listen feels they're an expert on anything spirituality or religion it would be a great person to have on for an episode yeah we'd love to we'd love to to try to get a better understanding and um yeah i think it goes without saying obviously that me and jd are not religious experts where we don't you know have any expertise in the you know we know a lot about the bible simply because we were raised by our families who were into the bible you know, I don't know anything about the Quran. I don't know anything about, you know, Buddhist principles. I don't know anything about any of that. I don't know. I don't even know that much about like astrology, which is a whole other subject. But, you know, we're just two guys trying to have a decent conversation about, you know, something that I think interests interests all of us because we all die at some point. Yep. And so, you know, the way that you live your life kind of, you know, in a lot of ways will determine what happens in a lot of people's eyes will determine how, what happens to you after you die. And that's the whole point of religion is trying to, is the search for how do I be the best person that I can be in order to have a good afterlife. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not just, and it's not just down to Christianity. I mean, Christianity is an old religion, but religion goes back from the, the beginning of time as, as far back as we can remember, humans have worshiped 
some type of deity or some type of had some type of religion that guides their lives. Yeah. And so I think that's why it's such an interesting topic for us because it, our ancestors were asking the same questions, you yeah. know? And so will we ever know? Probably not. Yeah. But we, but I think it's important to continue the discussion and to, and to continue to search out and seek the answers, even though we may never know. I have a new segment I would like to introduce. I've been thinking on, I forgot to bring this up to you prior. Um, and I'd like to call it uh, Reddit Reads. And it's because a lot of times I'm on Reddit and I read things and I feel like if we read them aloud, it would be a good discussion topic. Yeah. Um, one of the Reddit reads that I have saved is for this podcast was it says from debate religion. It says religion as we know it today may only have a hundred years left. The world is changing too fast for the major denominations of today to keep pace. This is a challenge for all of us in society. And I guess that leads me to question is, is the religion of today on its way out the door with how much is changing in the world? Well, I think, I think, yes, I think just like everything else, religion is going to have to evolve with the times because you know, back whenever we were kids, every, it seemed like everybody went to church. There was nobody that, or not not everybody went to church, but it was more socially, uh, you had more social social pressure to go to church and to be religious and to be like, hey, you know, I believe in the word of Jesus. But now, I think with the advent, especially of the internet, you know, you have all these different opinions, all these different uh, avenues of information that you can that you have access to. It's more acceptable to be to question the religion and to question not just Christianity, but, you know, Islam. I know that a lot of people like going back to my Murray State time, there was a lot of guys who grew up as a Muslim who came to America and didn't want to be Muslim anymore because, you know, back where they were from, everything, they had to follow all these strict rules. They had to pray five times a day. You know, they had to, they couldn't eat pork. They couldn't drink. They couldn't, you know, all these things. And then they come to America and it's like, you know, they can do whatever they want. And so they kind of like <clears throat> a lot of uh, Christian American kids, they denounce religion and say, I'm going to seek, I'm going to seek my own way. And so I think that that's, and I think that continues with even the later generations, the Gen Z and, and the, well, it starts with the millennials. Well, I won't say starts with millennials. I'm just speaking from the millennial perspective, yeah. I guess. My perspective as a millennial kind of it, for us, it started like that. And then it, it trickles down to the Gen Z who like a lot of my cousins, they don't go to church. The, all my, a lot of my younger cousins, um, they don't go to church. They're not forced to go to church though. You know, my family has kind of relaxed on the whole, you have to go to church to be a good Christian or you have to, you have to be a Christian to be a good person. Cause you know, since in the past 10 years, you know, my, 
you know, we've had people in our family come out as gay. We've had people come out and denounce religion. We've had people, you know, there's just been a lot of things that have happened within our family that's like, okay, you might not be, you might not be the same as us, but we still love you the same. We still know you're a good person, even though you're not a Christian, even though you don't go to church. But see, 20, 30 years ago, if you would be disowned if you did something like that. And so, I mean, there's good and bad um, aspects to that. But I do believe that religion is definitely going to have to evolve to be able to stay relevant in the the next hundred years in society, especially Western Western society. Yeah. And we only have perspective from western society for the most part um i'm gonna read a snippet from this uh, post in the reddit says what impact will this have the institutions of religions exist to set the dogma protect the canon spread the faith and ultimately self-replicate and perpetuate itself without the institution the faith will meander and continually degrade into nothing The rise of spirituality has also begun to degrade, chip away at religion and will eventually lead to people being more divided in thought. Again, it's similar to the way YouTube is degrading news media and leading to millions of different views on reality. Without large enough institutions to govern spiritual thought and keep in line with general society, fractures can emerge. There's no way to organize the masses and keep them working towards common goals. And without common beliefs and goals, the concept of the country fractures. Religion is one part of the whole that makes up your idea of society, and it is so important. Religion is not going away tomorrow as some atheists may want, as it is part of the human social fabric and highly desirable to the majority as a means of finding meaning and to allay anxiety over death. Without a common framework to, cat, uh, to cater to these needs, fragmentations of religion can lead to things like QAnon, Wahhabists, and worse. Last part. How can society meet the needs of people in the ever rapidly changing society of today and tomorrow without hitting a breaking point wherein religion cannot keep up? So that all plays to everything you're saying. It's not the same as it was when we were kids. It was like everybody I knew was going to church. And I feel like with social media and the outlooks on life and the opening up of spirituality, there's a more so appeasal to people's desires, needs, and wants that it pushes them away from the uncomfort of a thing as a based religion, or they come over to America and they get away from the religion that they knew their whole life. We go to college and it opens up on whole new thoughts that we didn't even know were possible, almost a cultural reset in our brains, giving us the chance to maybe even develop as individuals or humans. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, with the, the revolution of technology, people, like I said, people have access to all this new, all these new perspectives and uh, society is slowly progressing and making, you know, things more socially acceptable, you know, homosexuality or, you know, whatever, gender, gender identity, like it's starting to become more socially acceptable to, to, to be who you are. So 
And I think that religion is, they see that as oppression, you know, because throughout history, a lot of the oppression comes from religious uh, zealots. And I think that that's a good point, though, that without religion, the, the fabric of society crumbles. You, you see, I mean, you see it in countless examples throughout history. I mean, look at, you see it in the fall of empires. You see it in the fall of Rome, the fall of the uh, uh, Ottoman Empire. You see it everywhere. And so it is important. Uh, it's important for society to find a balance, I think, because religious religion does serve an important role in keeping people organized and working through it, working towards a common goal. I do believe that. Now, do I think that everybody has to be religious for a society to function? No, obviously. I mean, America was built on the principle of religious freedom, free being free of religious prosecution, basically. And now whenever they say that this uh, opens the door for, for new division or it makes people more divided – I mean, yes, but also look at all the different denominations we, we had before the Internet. Look at all the, the all the fragmentation that we had before um, we we had all this information that we had access to. So I think that. I mean, there's there's truth, but I also think that there's also some falsehoods when, to that post. Yeah. I would agree as well. I thought it was a good read. It kind of opened up my thought process. Um, to to say, you know, where will religion stand in 100 years? And I still – I don't know that – I don't think it's going to die off. I think it will be more so of a, a niche. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm yeah. just saying that I think that's the where I, – I, I believe that's where it's headed towards. If, the, if something doesn't happen – and I know here in the past couple of years we've, there's been uh, – kind of a Christian revival here in Kentucky. There's been a lot of people that have made their way back to, to religion and Christianity. So I've noticed that a large kind of push back into the people into the church. And I think that has something to do with the churches being more open, less God fearing as they were. Everything was like, really, you know, come to the altar and pray right now. I feel like churches are a lot more open and it's giving people a chance to step back in and it makes people feel a lot better about going to church per se, I guess maybe even incentivized, which can play into emotions like, you know, this feels good to go. Right. I mean, you're going to, you're more likely to go back to a church that makes you feel good about yourself rather than shaming you. You know, but also, oh man, also, I think a lot of it, what, in the, like whenever we were kids, people were so judgmental. And even before, you know, I mean, it gets worse the further back you go. And I think that kind of the church kind of got a stigma for that of, oh, he goes to church or they go to church, they must be judgmental. You know, really, when it, but really, when it, whenever you look at it, the Bible says you're not supposed to judge anybody. Yep. You're supposed to just try to spread the word of Jesus and help them out in any way you can. Yep. And I think that's really where, growing up, that's kind of what pushed me away from it. Was 
the Bible says one thing, but you see the Christians doing the opposite of what it says. Like, oh, he, <laughs> oh, you can't date my daughter because in the Bible it says, you know, that you're not supposed to make mix races or whatever. That's what I heard a lot. Yeah. And it's like, like, that's so backwards to me. It is. It's wrong. <laughs> and it was like the, the, also to that is that was a huge conversation for, um, you know, homosexuality. It was like every Christian would fall onto a man shouldn't lay with a man. It says so in the Bible. And then it was every, you know, pushbacker to say, well, isn't it the place of a Christian not to be judgmental and just pass the word along rather than, you know, say, oh, you know, just, just it was always a constant fight. And I think that gave because really, push. truly, truly, though, in the Christian religion, only God is the only is the final judge. Yeah. You know, nobody of the flesh can can judge anybody's soul or anybody's spirit, you know. It's it, God sees everything. I mean, and I'm speaking from like my time as a Christian. This was my understanding of it. Yeah. God knows your heart. God sees everything. He knows all your sins. He knows all your good deeds. In the end, he's the one that gets to judge whether you go to heaven or hell. As a Christian, it's not my place for for me to say, oh, that person drinks alcohol. He's going to hell. Or, oh, he's gay. He's She's gay. He's She's going to hell. Or... You know, this person doesn't live, doesn't do exactly what, you know, the Bible says, or this person lies. It's like, we all do that, though. Yep. I guarantee you look back on your life and then at some point you did every single one of those things, except for maybe be homosexual. Yep. And I mean, maybe you experimented in college, who knows, you know, so that's where I, that was kind of where the buck stopped with me as far as. Christianity, because I've seen so many, like I said before, fake Christians yep. trying to prophesy or what do they call it? Evangelize to me about how good they were and why their life was, why they were going to go to heaven. But yet you see them out at the bar every weekend. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, if you're going to preach something, then be about it. Don't, don't, you know, don't ask for forgiveness and, and then not live the life that you say you want, that you're going to, I guess. I think there's also that, that representation of those fake Christians might be largely dying off. I do believe it was an older generation of folk. It was, you know, the, the, the pew thumpers, the, the older generation that would be like, I have a, a buddy who is very much so a, a good Christian man. He's a good father. He lives a, a good Christian life. But anytime that he, you know, maybe he has, maybe he's at a location and they sell alcohol and somebody from his church sees him, you know, around people who are drinking, they'll run to his pastor and it'll be a huge event where he has to apologize in front of the church. That to me, I feel like is the, the greatest deterrent from organized religion that is out there. It's the people who are going to like, come talk to me. If well, it's like, know. it's like living in Nazi Germany. Everybody's, yeah. everybody's trying to tell on each other, you know, it's like, Oh, that's what I couldn't stand. And it wasn't that it wasn't bad. in like the small church that I went to, 
But like some of the churches here in our community are really, really like bad about that type of thing about, you know, ratting people out, judging people, politicizing everything. Like one of the biggest churches here in Beaverdam, I remember back in the day, I don't know if it's still this way, but back whenever I was in like middle school, high school, it was so politicized. They had two pastors because half of the congregation wanted to hear what the one got, what one pastor said. And then the other, then they would leave and the other congregation would come in and would listen to the, the second pastor. That's and it's ridiculous. like, yeah, like that's crazy. That's not how, uh, you know, a, a high functioning church is supposed to work. Yeah. That, wow. It's also, you know, growing up in them small towns, I feel like them, them few smaller churches, they'll stick together and good for them. And it teaches, it teaches some young kids, you know, how to at least be semi-morally correct. Yeah, we said, and you've stated, you know, it also caused racism and homophobia and judge being judgmental, but it does at least teach them like, you know, maybe I shouldn't kill this guy, even though he made me mad. But I don't, uh, know. I don't know if that's a. a maybe big... I shouldn't murder him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a couple questions that I kind of listed out to. Um, I asked for questions, and I got a couple back um, on re- religion and spirituality. And one of the really good questions was. Does religion kill curiosity or does religion automatically give you what you should, you know, just think and basically, you know, set your mind for what you should believe? Like, does the idea of having your beliefs set for you ruin, you know, being free will? Does religion kill free will? No, I think it gives you a framework to operate, but it's still... Your it's still your responsibility as you know Christian or whatever religion you follow yeah. to seek out and question to seek out answers yeah. for uh, for things that you don't understand. The like the Bible is a great framework, but it doesn't give you the answer to everything. Like I know a lot of because uh, life is more complex than just what's what was written in a bo- in a book two thousand years ago. Especially now, I mean, society has evolved so far beyond what it was back then. So, yes, religion does give you a framework to operate on, but you still have to do the legwork of figuring it out for yourself, figuring out how to navigate the the modern world on your own consciousness and your own modern morals and and values. So that plays into where I kind of want to direct next is what is good – what is evil and how does, you know, spirituality, religion, faith influence, you know, what's morally right and what's morally wrong? Or are you supposed to as come into this earth with what morals should be or does society, religion, all that kind of influence? That? So this is kind of a question of nature versus nurture a little bit. Like, are you born with inherent morals? Or, or do you have to, do you need a, a guiding principle in your life to, to, to show you and to teach you how to be 
a well-adjusted, high-functioning person in society. I think, I mean, it's both. I think you, I think that we're born inherently knowing that, you know, you shouldn't kill people. You shouldn't rape. You shouldn't steal. But I think it's more complex once you start getting into certain circumstances. Like if all your needs are met, then yeah, it's really easy to be, to be moral. But if you're starving, if you're, if you don't have clothes, if you don't have a uh, roof over your head, then it starts becoming more questionable. Like, is it okay for me to do this, to do that? Because I have to survive, you know? So I think that's a very complex and loaded question that we definitely are not going to get to the bottom of on this podcast, at least. But I'm curious just as to what you think about that. It is. I I do believe that society. Well, you, you know, you're kind of a product. You are a product of your environment. So. Like we keep stating, you know, if you're brought up in churches, in religion or in astrology, whatever it may be, you know, you're brought up on certain beliefs and understandings on how society works. As an infant, though, you you don't have really anything except for innocence, innocence being ignorance. So the more that you learn and understand of this world, you. This plays back to our first part. You get a framework from whatever society has given you. If you take for take for example, um, you know the bad neighborhoods in a, in a in a major city. Like if you grow up in that society, that's probably all you know and understand, because that's what you've taught and learned. So I guess I would say, like, if you're brought up at least in a good religious environment, you're going to have, for the most part, good morals, good values. You may you'll you'll fall back and forth between what's good and what's evil. Your evil may look different from somebody else's evil. And I guess it's kind of just a template for, you know, what your environment has given you and your upbringing. Well, yeah, and I think that people aren't born inherently evil. No. I don't think that people ha- are born being bad. I think that's something that you learn or are taught. I think that for the most part, people are born with inherently good traits in their heart. Like like I said, like you know that you should treat people decent. You should treat people the way you want to be treated. And really – at the end of the day, if that's if the only if that's the only thing that you get out of this podcast is treat people the way that you want to be treated. Yep. At the end of the day, that's all religion boils down to. Any religion across humanity boils down to treat people the way you want to be treated. Period. That's how you be a good person. And I know, okay, then you're going to have some dickheads say, well, what if you like, what if you're a masochist and you like being punched in the face? Well, that's an extreme example. That's an outlier. Obviously, you know, that doesn't apply in that situation. Most people want to be, want to be, you know, treated decently and with respect and dignity. And that's, 
you know, at the end of the day, that's all we all want is to have some respect and dignity in our lives. Find love, spread love, everybody love everybody. I think that's usually one of our closing statements is like, you know, be kind or that's the the moral compass that that we try to give off. Um, You need to put that, you need to clip that that in on, um, what's that movie? Jackie Moon. Yeah. There's only one rule on this team. Everybody love everybody. Porked them. Let's not talk about porking of the moms and the sisters because we only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Got that, Monix? Nope. Great. Because this isn't just a basketball team. This is a lifestyle. Welcome aboard, Monix. Thank you. Good to be here. All right. Oh, if you see a possum, try to kill it, okay? It's not a pet. (laughs) I'll stick it in there. I have a question, though, about astrology. I've brought this up to you on many occasions. I bring this up a lot to a lot of people that I meet, and where do you... Hold up. Before, Before we go, what sign are you? I'm Scorpio. Okay, when when were you born? November sixth, nineteen ninety four. Okay, so I was born October twenty first. So I can't remember if I'm a Libra or a Scorpio. I think the twenty sixth is the for Scorpio. So I'm a Libra, I guess. Yeah, I would. I think so. But I, I know there's a lot of pushback on astrology. But, man, sometimes them readings, they be hitting. And I don't know if it's because they're so broad that they just hit if you're looking for something. Yeah, I see. I'm really uh, I'm skeptical about that type of thing. I think yeah. that, A, it's very broad. B, if, you are, if you're looking at an astrology reading, you're searching for something. Yeah. So you're very suggestible, you know. And, and C, it's all – everything that they put in there is a basic human trait. Like anybody, it doesn't matter what, when you were born, anybody could feel that way or do those type of things. But the fact that they attach a a sign to it kind of makes it, oh, that's me right there. But then there's been plenty of times where I've looked at it and been like, if you're a Libra, then you do this, this, and this. It's like, I don't do any of those things. Yeah. Well, that's where, so this, you know, this is more spirituality kind of talk, but I'm not an astrology guy. I'm a numerology guy. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you know what numerology is, but I, I mean, it's like the study of numbers and how they fit and how they yeah, play into your so life. Kind of like everything breaks down to a number. Everything does break down to a number. Everything that you've. That's every- weird that you say that because I've always had like a affinity for the for the number 21. For some reason, I was born on October 21st. I was, I wore number 21 all through sports growing up. My daughter was born on the 21st. You know, I've got 21, you know, there's plenty of instances of the, of the number 21 in my life. So I, I kind of follow what you're saying. So numerology as, because it's, it's really, uh, it's really something, uh, 
to break down the numbers and understanding how numbers affect our lives. And each number, you know, days of the week, and they all surmount to something. And it's like my myself breaks down to I'm a four. If you type my name out, it, it turns turns out that I'm a four, which means that I'm more so of like a a guidelines person. You know, I like to have structure, and and I think that plays into you know like when I do little shit like this podcast. You know, I'm I'm very much into the finer details and structuring all of the layout and. Uh, all of our audio and putting things together. And it's kind of like, I'm almost an enforcer. And then if you put all my numbers together, it's a, it's a 22, which is a master builder. And in my head, I'm always trying to construct and build and put things together. And I don't know, dude, I just, I think everybody should go to the, the numerology calculator, put their numbers in and listen to the reading. They give you a free reading and it's it's super in depth. It's it's like a, a ten minute read, and they read off and help you understand all these numbers. And if you get a chance, go ahead and do that, and I'll share the I'll share the link with you. I might even share you know just just put it in the description. Yeah, I'll put it in the description. It's it's really something that is it's it's at least interesting enough. It kind of you know it's something to look into. Like I said, I like to expand my thoughts and not take everything at face value numerology is one of the things bro it's really got me wrapped up it's like you know the the song um three six nine yeah yeah so so three six and nine were nikola tesla's magic you know those are the keys of the universe are three six and nine and apparently nikola tesla had figured out the the understanding of why three six and nine was the was the key and there's a huge write-up on it. I'll have to send some information over to you, which we could do. I could do an hour talking on numerology because I'm so deep down the rabbit hole. There's a, there's a guy on yeah. TikTok that breaks down numbers and why, like, Kobe was a killer and Michael Jordan was a killer on the court compared to LeBron because, you know, he's not a, a one. But Michael Jordan and Kobe, when they break down their numbers, they're ones, which are leaders, killers, um, you know, almost borderline psychopaths. Like, right. it's it's kind of crazy. <sighs> Well, I mean, I, it is it is very interesting and compelling the way that numbers play into our lives a lot. Like the same number might pop up, like I said, 21 or like how you compile all these numbers throughout your life. And it boils down to the to, you know, whatever they give you on the reading. But just to play devil's advocate here, it is very easy to go down a rabbit hole and be like and, you know, get captured by this idea of, oh man, all this shit makes sense, you know? And so just, I would just caution you, just like, be careful. You know, I'm not saying that you are captured by this idea, but I mean, I get where you're coming from. If somebody wasn't in the right state of mind to approach this, they could easily be enveloped by it and have it overtake them. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's always important to, to be mindful and to be skeptical and not just buy into it just because it makes sense. Because with the internet, it's really easy to make anything make sense. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We'll have to discuss that. You know, I'll kind of break that down, but we are rolling what we had an hour and five with our last 15 minutes. Is there anything that's still rattling around your brain that you need to get off your chest? 
Um, no, I mean, like I said earlier, if it all boils down to that one simple principle of treat people the way that you want to be treated, treat them with dignity and respect. And at the end of the day, at the end of your life, you will, you will, you will have been a good person. Correct. Everybody love everybody. And I do feel like we only just scratch the surface on this and we keep doing this with multiple topics, but I also feel like it gives us an opportunity to, when we really do run out of material, like we're going to be able to fall back on one of these episodes and do a part two of this, a part three of this. And I think religion is something that we can carry on and keep discussing because we really only did a broad analysis just as we did music and movies and, but There'll be, there'll be more to come with this. So if you are really interested in this episode, let us know that you want to hear part two. We'll definitely start working that up. Yeah. And I mean, I know it probably got kind of rambly in some parts, but we're just working all this stuff out, you know, in real time. That's what, that's what the good thing about this podcast is, is like everything that we discuss on this podcast is largely all happening in real time. Like we don't have this discussion beforehand. I mean, we might, we might discuss a few things like what we want to talk about, but we don't actually go into the discussion beforehand. We just, this is all about, you know, flying by the seat of our pants. We're just, you know, whatever feels organic to us in the moment. So yeah, sometimes we we might stumble over our words. We might reiterate the same thing multiple times, but I feel like that's better more authentic than having a script that we just read off. Yep. We are not mainstream. (laughs) We are probably not professionals, but we are ourselves and it is raw. It is real. And you're always going to get, you know, that's the most important thing to me is to keep it real. Yep. Because you have all these podcasts out. I mean, you can, there's podcasts are a dime a dozen now. Everybody and their freaking mom has a podcast. And, and a lot of them uh, do these gimmicky things and want to try to sell you, try to get you to, to give them money or try to get ad reads or try to, you know, try to get revenue. Me and JD are just doing this because we love to talk. A, B, we have some pretty good takes, whether it's sports religion, music, video games, whatever the case may be. And we're just two genuine guys that that just want to share our thoughts. And it gives it gives us at least one hour a week for us to come together and get shit off our chest. Yep. It's a good spot for us to one not only talk but to share in a brotherhood where, you know, if we got some shit that we got to say, we talk about it. And then, yeah, we text throughout the week talking shit for the most part. But this is a good time for us to cut up, you know, get, like, one, learn from each other because we both have two different views. Some of them, some of them, you know, we might be on the same track, but it's two different viewpoints for us to learn from. Very much an open-minded, open open podcast. That's why we give a platform to the people who care at least about the podcast to have a voice as well. Yeah, right. So, all right. You want to wrap us out of here? Are we done? Yeah, I think we're done. Um, thanks for listening. This has been our episode on religion. I know we talked mostly about Christianity, but really, that's truly 
the most, the religion I have the most experience with. So if you, if you have any input, you know, like you said, don't be afraid to let us know and we'll try to find a way to address it or maybe have you on the podcast to, to, um, to air it out, educate, educate. And, uh, that's another idea. I think maybe like we can start doing voicemails. I know, I know that some other podcasts, they have people call in and they leave them voicemails and we can play those voicemails on the podcast. And that way we will be able to answer in real time, you know, respond to whatever questions or statement or whatever you want to put on that voicemail. That's a good idea. All right. Well, Ladies and gentlemen, this has been yet another episode of Real Conversations with Cozy and Murph. I am J.D. Kozad. Cody Murphy. Peace. Peace.